Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. When you're wrestling a four-year-old, you shouldn't be the one that, like, sprains their hand, right? right. Well, hold on. Well, no, I guess I probably should. Yeah, yeah, like, you definitely should be the one to get hurt in that scenario. Like, well, be clear, nobody should get hurt. Well, you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Wait. Like mommy always says, no. Like mommy always says, go be a pussy ass bitch. I never not say rough that. House. I never say that. I just don't want her to get hurt. I don't care about you. What happened? You hurt your wrist? Oh, poor baby. No, it's like my hand. It's like right here. What did you do? I have no idea. It really hurts. But. Let me see. I, no, you're not touching me. See. No, because you get off on f- causing me physical I do pain. Not. You just were staring at my eyebrows, waiting to pluck another hair out of them. Well, because it's just stop like, it. Oh, it, it looks like a, like does that hurt? No, when I pull your finger like that. Ah, no, that's fine. No, your fingers don't. No, hurt? you could physically not hurt me, and right anywhere b- besides the penis. What? Like, like, if you kick me in the ball, it's going to hurt, but you couldn't hurt me in any other way. I'm about to punch you right yeah, in the face. Yeah, and I wouldn't face. feel a goddamn thing. Are you here? Yeah, right there. You're not doing anything. You're literally doing nothing. And then she just hit me in the hand that I said And hurt. it's all done. And Does this still bother you? No. I've, are you talking about the hand or you? It's March 18th, 2021. <laughs> if you're new here, <laughs> you're all caught up. Uh, I have physical pain. My wife slaps me around. Then we talk about some movies. That's that's what we do. Long uh, and short of it. <laughs> uh, long and short of it. Hope you had a great St. Patrick's Day. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been a it's been a crazy week. An absolutely crazy week. Uh, hopefully. Well, and you're not drinking right now, so. Oh, I am hard, not. Hard to celebrate. It'll uh, be an even crazier. So next week, hopefully, will not be as 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 crazy. But next week. When, uh, no, but, it'll be crazy. Well, you're hearing I'm opening this, a brand. Well, yeah, Samantha's opening a, a whole new uh, branch of, of the bank that she works for. Um, your family's going to be here for a few days. Uh, I'm going out with some friends tomorrow night. Got a lot going on. Uh, but again, we're, this is a week ahead of time, so all this has happened by the time people are hearing this. When so if you don't hear this, from us again... <laughs> yeah, it was a good run. The previous, uh, our previous week, we went to Disney Springs. Uh, we went to the movies pop up restaurant and uh, on I Drive in Orlando. Shout out to uh, Kevin Smith uh, and your friend from high school 
who runs the damn thing? Well, yeah, no. I worked at FYE when I was in high school. Yeah, with the guy who runs all the pop-up shops, which is incredible. So cool, yeah. Uh, Had a good experience there. Awesome job, Derek. Yeah, he does not listen listen to this. We should get him to listen to this. Oh, yeah, listen to this. When we do clerks, I'll tag him. We um, enjoyed some cow tippers and some hater tots and some and Those a cock, hater tots were so good. And a cock smoker. Um, You're a cock smoker. Excuse me. So I had a, had a good fun-filled weekend. And then Monday, from when we're recording this, was a big day. It was Oscar nominations, baby. Something I've been waiting for for a long time. Have I told you what I've also been doing? So I don't want to share this with you. Well, why are you no, 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 and what don't I mean is, no, 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 I'm going to tell, tell you, no, I, it's came I'm going to tell you, but right. I, I don't want you to see it, so I randomly on YouTube found this channel, and it's called, like, the, the Oscar Expert, and it's these two twin guys, uh, one's called Oscar Expert, those called Brother Bro, and they're twins, and they do, like, they do gold derby predictions on award shows, it's like a contest and stuff, and they get super into it, and I started watching it, like, previous years and they literally do like reactions to all the nominations they do reactions to all the winners and i can't look away i just can't because Mm. they're so into it and so obnoxious that like it's so bad but it's so good at the same time but they also really know their stuff and they also like edit very funny because, like, they edit, like, they do, like, close-ups of their faces mm. and, like, their cat. I, I just can't. I've probably watched all their videos in the past, like, two weeks. And it's made me feel, like, also a lot more informed about the Oscar race, <laughs> and it sucks. Uh, so, like, the whole day Monday when the noms came out, I was like, I can't wait for this video. And then I watched I was like, well, um, I feel like a fucking idiot now. So, uh, so the Oscar nominations came out. Who is it again? Uh, we'll, we'll watch one after we're done recording. Okay. So, I mean, they talk about, like, everything. Like, these guys are, like, calling each other, like, bitches and motherfuckers over production design <laughs> and short film. And it's, it's so trashy, but I love it. Um, the same reason I've been watching Maury You're Not the Father videos <laughs> recently. Anyway. What do you do? I'm in training. They're training me on things I already knew how to do. I had to preoccupy myself. And I, could, I can't watch my wrestling pay-per-views. Arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. Because I take really At Jam with your team on Instagram. So I've been talking about, over the past several weeks, wanting to watch all of the Oscar-nominated movies. And I finally settled on like what the parameters of that were. I'm going to watch all the movies nominated of the big five categories. So picture, director, big six, I should say. Picture, director, and then the acting nominations, both leading and supporting. Okay. So after nominations... I was only missing six movies, which was great. Uh, and a couple movies I'd already watched, didn't have to worry about anymore, like Soul and Defy Bloods, unfortunately. Uh, there's going to be a Blank Slate podcast coming up here in a few weeks with myself, Rich Cambellucci, and possibly Tony Colt going over the Oscar nominations when I finished my research. Uh, so there were six movies left. Knocked two of them out since Monday, which is great. So I'll discuss them now. One of which you can discuss with me because I forced you. I didn't force you. I asked you, okay, I have to watch these six movies. Which of these do you want to watch? And I was like, oh, I might fall asleep. Let's watch the one I want to watch least. And I didn't fall asleep. So we watched Hillbilly Elegy earlier this week, which was not on my radar to watch at all because it's not my thing. 
and the reviews for it were abysmal. And yeah, well, but of I course, mean, I think probably they were mixed reviews. If it did get, you know, Glenn Co- Close, I think it's just a nom. weird. It's just a weird year, and yeah, it still I mean, has I a couple of really did. good actresses in it. Yeah, and one of those actresses actress- did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we watched it. I thought that the guy did a good job too. Yeah. So I didn't I hate don't, it. I didn't hate it either. I didn't hate it. It's definitely at the bottom of the list of what I've watched. Sure, but I mean, I it's it's undoubtedly one of the most like heavy-handed, obnoxious, like movies that is like. Well, going for a war consideration I've ever seen, it very much makes sense why it's getting Razzie and Oscar nominations. Right. Uh, but but it, it does it, not it, deserve the hate that yeah, it gets. I don't think so. It's based off of a off, off of the book he right, wrote. Right, but the book is right? also very controversial because I don't think the book, like, that's not what the book's about. The book is, like, more so, like, a philosophical, like, why people from that area are like that. It's also kind of oh. like, a, like a Trump supporter, like, explanation book kind of oh really because also like he seems to have uh what's the word i'm looking for seems to have uh embellished some of his background as well jd vance so very controversial um oh i don't i i didn't know anything about it oh no i've I've had to do plenty of research on everything i i yeah I, i feel like nowadays which which we'll get into for today's movie we're discussing as well so watch that to the bottom of my list. And then yesterday, I watched another movie that was not even on my list. Still have not watched The Father. Still have not watched Minari because you still have to pay for them as of right now. And I want to watch that. Uh, well, I want to watch Minari. You want to watch Minari. Yeah, The Father. I don't even want to watch fucking Father, but I'm going to do it. Uh, it snuck into the best director race. And, of course, it's the it's the yes. leading candidate for... Uh, best actress. No, not, not what I'm fucking talking about. Oh. Uh, for best foreign film, I watched the mm. Denmark movie Another Round, uh, which I'd heard about and had oh. seen like still shots of and knew that it was like the foreign film. I'm not a foreign film guy. What? Never have been. Parasite really changed that last year. Just because you of, really liked Pan's Labyrinth. No, did not. You watched it. So I went in like, okay, well, hopefully this is going to be more Parasite than anything else. Uh, it's got Mads Mikkelsen in it, who is always great. Uh, he's the guy that was Hannibal in the TV show version. He was the villain in Doctor Strange, uh, villain in Casino. He's a villain in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I call him. Uh, <laughs> I call him shorter Dolph Lundgren, sure. basically. Uh, so watched it. It's basically just a Cliff Notes version for you. Uh, a movie about Mads Mikkelsen's the lead, but him and three other teachers in Denmark who are just really struggling, kind of approaching their midlife crisis or in their midlife crisis, who, who discover this psychologist principle that uh, your, your men's bodies are naturally produced with po- 0.05 less alcohol yeah. than they're supposed to. Right. So they test that theory by right. just, just drinking, drinking permanently to allow that and see what, what happens in their, their changes in their lives. Uh, it was phenomenal. Really loved it. It is uh, again. Don't want to. Don't want to uh, tip my hand to the blank slate in like my list, but it is almost at the very, very tippy top of that list. Wow! It was wow. an absolute standout. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I... I don't think it was necessarily directing was not the thing I took away from in the movie. I definitely took okay. away more so 
the acting and the screenplay and the editing. I don't think that the director, Thomas Vinderberg, necessarily deserved to get the acting nomination over a couple people that ended up getting snubbed, namely Regina King. Mm. But I thought it was absolutely fantastic, so cannot recommend it enough. If it's not on your radar, it is, it is, if you have Hulu, it is on Hulu. I believe it is also, um, oh, we also had it on Plex as well. But um, I watched it off, I watched it officially off of Hulu. It started, and I was like, oh, God, are there no subtitles? Just like Parasite, and I had to fix it, and I fixed it. It was fine. Well, that's interesting. You know, I've always loved learning more about, like, the Danish culture. It is crazy. And stuff like that. Well, they are the happiest people in the world. Well, I didn't understand. So, like, their teachers, I, I don't want to get too deep into it, because also we're 12 minutes, and we got, I, mean, I know this podcast is, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but like, so they're teachers at gymnasium and in Denmark gymnasium, it's like the 16 through 19 year olds who are preparing to go on to university. And it's kind of like, the only way I can equate it is kind of like the inter- international baccalaureate program I was in where you have exams to take, to qualify, to go, to move on. But the drinking age is 18 and Denmark is just, that's why they're happy is everyone's drunk the whole fucking time. They have these, we move into Denmark. these, these drinking competitions and whatnot. So, and then like when they graduate, they have these amazing parades and like all these traditions. Like it was really incredible to watch. Um, but I also like, it took me a while to catch up on it all beyond the fact that I was having to read the whole time. Sure. So, um, uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I Check out another round. It. Uh, I know you're Just lazy. Kidding. Can't be on your phone the whole time playing your games like you're still playing right now as we're recording a podcast. Man, I wasn't listening. To what I'm gonna you're delete saying. that fucking game from your phone. No, you're not. So I have. You don't come near my. So I have four phone. movies to watch. I have Minari, The Father, The United States versus Billy Holiday, and I'm forgetting the fourth one. Why does this always happen to me? I don't want to look at it on my phone. I'm gonna get this. Uh, I almost said Birth of a Nation. Pieces of a Woman. <laughs> Pieces of a Woman, which also been on my list the whole time. That's also on Netflix, so uh, that'll probably be done sometime in the next week, week and a half. Yep. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, let's get into it. The movie that you people voted as the 2020 winner of Movie We Should Have Watched. Every year when we nominate movies back and forth, one gets picked, one does not. Those movies then qualify to get nominated for this award, and then we watch one of them. And you guys picked The Greatest Showman, which we have never seen before. Samantha, go right ahead. The Greatest Showman. I mean, this writing's a little small. (laughs) Experience the award-winning music. Hugh Jackman leads an all-star cast in this bold and original musical filled with infectious, show-stopping performances that will bring you to your feet time and time again. Inspired by the story of P.T. Barnum, Jackman, and celebrating the birth of show business, the film follows the visionary who rose from nothing to create a mesmerizing spectacle. This inspirational film also stars Zac Efron, Michelle Williams, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendaya. Well done. Whew! So I'm still two ahead on our reading challenge with 14 episodes to go. 13, technically, because 350 doesn't count. I like my odds. We'll see about that. So, hadn't, never saw this movie mm-hmm. in theaters. Don't know how. Well, Don't know how I it came out in 2017, 2018? Yeah, I think, no, 17. 17, so Jillian was like one, you know, yeah, so I we didn't get to the movies that, a lot. Yeah, I think it was in that time that... Um, I mean, I've, I've wanted to see this. Got very mixed reviews. 
uh, and did not open great, but was maybe one of the most incredible showing of legs of yes, a movie ever. Like I read that it, it, it like, in its, like, third week or so, like, went up. It, it had several weeks. Like, being a box office guy that I've been for, like, 25 years. What? You don't see it. Like, the only time you really see it is in cases like this for movies that can carry through the holidays and right. the dead season. More family-based, so, so kind like, of. Like, theaters drop, like, eight movies on Christmas, and, like, you're like, okay, well, let's go fucking see Aquaman, and let's go see, like, the big ones, that these movies kind of go under, but then when those movies die down, people are like, oh, yeah, this is still in theaters, let's go see this. And then it gets word of mouth, especially if it's, like, musicals or, Cards. or you know, it, it can carry Animated, through. Yeah, family, like, yeah. so, like, this ended up making, like, $170, $180 million, and it opened at, like, $10 million, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it definitely has permeated, like, popular culture. You know, I, I knew about at least two or three of the songs fairly well, one of which is because every this, sob story on America's Got Talent has to sing This Is Me. Well, no, and This like, Is Me has been big on TikTok, too, when they're doing well, the... Well, I don't um, know that. Well, you should. And then I also knew, uh, because this, I believe, is a Universal movie, correct? No, it's 20th Century Fox. WWE, for no reason whatsoever, uh, like got the rights to The Greatest Show song and used it for the Randy Orton Edge greatest wrestling match of all time. Because why wouldn't they tell Match play? earlier this year. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? But I knew going in that this movie had a lot of supporters and a lot of detractors. And it's always very interesting to me, those movies that are in the 50-60% on Rotten Tomato, that people were in two camps. And it, for me, I normally go kind of one way on those. Mm. I did not go that way on this one. Nah, man. Not for me. Didn't like it. Shocker. <laughs> Why would you say that's a shocker? I am a musical theater fan. I did musical yeah. theater in high school. Sure. Love musical theater. Uh-huh. Didn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. And I will explain why. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we disagree that you like this what? movie. What? You think so? Now, you were always going to like this movie because it got it got propped up to you by friends at work and it got brought, propped Juan. up. Juan. Juan is the only I one. I feel like from some other, some other people you had heard that you, oh my God, you love this movie. No? Maybe. Juan is the main one. So, tell me why you like this movie. I mean, it's a great movie. I do not like it. I, love, I mean, it's a great movie. That's my review. No, um... Uh, no, I, the music is great. The music is great. The music is the great. The music is great. The visual, some of the visuals that they did, beautifully done. The colors, some of the, the, the numbers, and just like against the backdrop that they had. I just got chills at some of the points when they had like, um, it was more towards the beginning to, did I write it down? Yeah, the music, which so. is done by Benj, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who, you know, beautiful. come from Dear Evan Hansen, La La Land. Like, I mean, beautiful. They're, they're on their way to an EGOT at some point in right. their life. I just mean, remember great that. music. Great, great music, great singing, production yeah. design, yeah. off the charts. I just, I, yeah, and I just, like, the way that they set it up, I just really enjoyed, like, the visual. It just really yeah. told that story so well when they're, like, um, dancing on the roof and it's like with the shadows and the lights and then 
when he's spinning the thing for the girl. Like, I just thought that it yeah. all came together so well. You will get no arguments from me that it looks fantastic, except for some of the CGI, which was just well, yeah, some- terrible. The, the, the little Tom Thumb guy, who I didn't know until you told me, was a, a legitimate little person who they still he just had to wasn't make. As they had to make shorter because yeah, he's not like eight inches tall. He's not in my fucking pocket. Um, they had to make him. They had Gary Oldman him like walking on his knees. But then like when he's riding on a, a elephant, it looks very fake and really awful. Um, no question in my mind, or no, you're not having an argument for me that that stuff was great and worked very very well. I did hate the sound mixing. I thought this movie sounds great in terms of music and singing, but the mixing, like the first song, I was like, I can't hear I a fucking hear what he's saying. Yeah, I could. It was, and very it happened low. throughout the movie that, like, it was horribly balanced and like you're a musical. I, I could give you that. So I that, give that, you that that's not my biggest gripe. It was sure. my initial gripe. I, mean, I was like, yeah, oh, sure. we're in for a long fucking haul if this is an hour and forty minute musical, and I can't understand what the fuck they're saying. Especially when you got Hugh Jackman. Singing like one of the, one greatest, of the most greatest, most modern, like performers, like, yeah, like theater performers I ever. Mean, the MVP, without to, question. I mean, and when you think about it, it's like you go from Logan, yeah, to this. Like there were some good performances here, but without the care, the charisma, charisma that 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 Hugh Jackman has just exudes out of him and really. Sells the part that he's sure. P.T. Barnum. So one, of, so one of my biggest gripes totally about this movie embodied it. is so this is an original musical, which, God bless it, that's a we need more of, right? right. Like everything is just based sure. on adaptations. Sure. And if you're gonna tap something, I'm glad it better be Cats uh, <laughs> for my personal enjoyment. But like, great, this is a passion project of the his that he wanted to do, right? And he knocks it out of the park, but. There are so many other characters and instances where you just feel people out of place. They just don't look or feel or seem to be in a movie musical. Okay. Hugh Jackman is not that. Hugh Jackman, no matter what he's got going on, is going to sing and dance and act and feel authentic in what he's I mean, doing. He was great, and that in is Les an amazing Mis. skill to have. So he is—he was great in Les Mis. Yeah, he is one hundred percent the MVP of the movie, and that will put him into an all-time tie with Tom Hanks for number one Whoa. on the podcast for MVPs. Well, um, I'm—I mean, granted, hey. we did watch like ten fucking X Men movies, but I don't think that. He yeah, got but, them solely from X Men movies. Yeah, well, Tom Hanks. We watched the Toy Story movies, and they got two there. Got yeah, two yeah. There. So you know, it happens. I mean, yeah, you know, it happens. Like... But anyway, I digress. Uh, so that took me aback at first. My problem is the story fucking sucks. This was one of the oh. most heavy-handed, messy. Fucking inauthentic movies I've ever seen. But it, so it was a little exaggerated, but this is similar to what P.T. Barnum went through. But you also have to remember that this took place in like the 1800s. The mid 1800s. I know, I know. So here's what I mean by that. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not going to go down the the biopic rabbit hole. 
like yeah, I've done before. Yeah, because I mean, there's always some things that are right, some things that are wrong, well, exaggerated, to, yes. whatever. And in this, fine. This it is it is an especially egregious one if you do five minutes of research and know that while P.T. Barnum was profitably philanthropic in his life, and that's what he his platform was, he treated these people like shit and put them on display and and used them to make millions off of, and you get. A sliver of that in this because it is a PG movie for families on the holidays. I get that. I'm not going to bemoan that. That's fine. I think that the way the story was told, with the liberties that it took, just, they just took bad liberties. <laughs> they so that they make you so. Number one, uh, in real life, these quote unquote freaks are not actually freaks. They are gross exaggerations to con people into going to see a show. And in this, they are presented like, this guy is, actually has a dog face. This person is, she literally has a, a beard. What? <laughs> so what's, what's your problem with it? That that, that wasn't accurate? It is, but I, I, I'm not done with like well, the, okay. like the, the, so, the problem yeah. with like the way okay. the story was laid right. out. Right, but okay, so when you think about these particular kinds of things, right? Like P.T. Barnum's, the Museum of Curiosities and everything. Yes. It's exactly the same as Ripley's Believe It or Not. And in the, like you go to Ripley's Believe It or Not to see a two-headed calf or to see a four-eared cat or something like that. Like... They were freaks of nature in some cases, like the two-headed calf. There were two-headed calves. Um, sure, I'm not, I'm not saying that these things didn't they exist were, at a they, point. They were like, you know, they were supposed to be like twins, and like you know, the, you know, like Siamese twins are, you know, like it got joined together, or whatever. But they would buy these animals and put them on display, and like until they died, basically. Um, I think that you know this about my family. Uh, yeah. That my... Go ahead while I'm cleaning up my notes. Grandfather's uncle used to own, like, a freak show. Like, he, he owned a zoo. You know, my grandfather owned, um, like, an amusement park in England. Right. But his uncle owned, owned a zoo, and they, they had animals, but there was also, like, a freak show part of it. And he would have, like, a turkey neck chicken, to yeah. do a turkey neck chicken, all I have to do is pluck the feathers off of a chicken's neck, and then it just has, like, a long neck. It looks kind of like a turkey. Yeah. And, like, for the four-eared cat, he would, like, cut the cat's ears, like, in half, you know, make him have four ears. So, you're right. They're, like, cons. They're, like, uh, you know, illusions or slights of hand or... or exaggerations of it's, things, but you can't exaggerate something It's carny that's stuff. not already there. Right, they're yeah, carnival. Yeah, it's carny stuff. So that's... But he took it to the next level. I think that's what the story... I mean, it's all about perception, right? Like, we're not telling the story from the point of view of the people who were... Which I think the is quote a problem. quote-unquote freaks. Which I think is a problem. They get, the, they get the best song in the movie, and they get, to me, the best part of the movie, that this is me spotlight after realizing... Even the person that cares about them the most, who they go back to anyway because they're family, whatever, uh, 
in this artificial saccharine bullshit is... But that's how it is sometimes. (laughs) That's how it is sometimes. That's how it is sometimes. And that's the way that it was. He, at least, yes, he was profitable off of them. Did he pay them? Did he make sure that they made money? I didn't get that far into the research, but... Well... Because I didn't want to be that person that was like, Freddie Mercury did not know he had AIDS during Live Aid. You know what I mean? Like, like, which I, it's, I hate the biopic because it is the laziest form of storytelling and movie making is here's somebody's story. Right. Cool. Now make it a movie. And right. by that, I mean, change whatever you need but it's also about the perception. People, it's also it's about the perception, though. and that's how the biopics are. It's yes, it is. I a mean, biopic should be a fictionalized documentary to me. That that's just right. To me. But from whose point of view? From your point from, of view, from a, looking from, in. From an or from innocent that point, of view. point of view. No, from an innocent point of view. There's no third view. party. There's no. There yes. can't be when you're telling a story like that. That's so intimate. There's no objective eyes looking at something like that. Especially when you deal with something like this. I mean, it's the same thing that happened. What movie did we watch? And it was like, this person was... He owned slaves. They never covered that in the movie. Oh, God. That, that could have been fucking rubber. The tire right. probably owned slaves. I don't sure, know. Sure, exactly. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there are some things that they're going to, to give grace to, but... To say that it has to be some perfect, objective way of telling a, a story of somebody's okay. life. So, I get that. I, I know that, at its core, movies are supposed to entertain. And that's fine. And I agree with that. And I was still entertained at parts by this. That wasn't my main problem with the story. It, it was something that stood out to me when, like, I'm seeing him do the freak interviews. And he's exaggerating things. I was like, is that how they're going? That's even before, like, I Googled anything. I was like... Is that how you're going to tackle the fact that this is all a bunch of horse shit? Is that they just come in and they, like, have, like, mild or minor deformities or issues? That's what it is. It, but, but that's... But, but, but then they're, they're, they're treated so poorly by, like, the outside world still. Right. That, I, that, that the whole... It just disconnected to me. Well, but... Beyond but that... One of his, li- his line about it is, like... Like, when he's trying to recruit Tom Thumb, he's like, you, you're... What, you're going to put me on stage so they can laugh at me? He's like... They're laughing anyway. You might as well get paid for it. They over-exaggerate it because people go to see it. People are going to either laugh or be disgusted or whatever feeling. And it's like, so take it to the nth degree, play it up, and and I get it. It's a sign of the times, and I just am glad things have changed. (laughs) I mean, they haven't. So one of the big... So my other... Oh, God. The... Fucking Zac Efron Zendaya romance is, I think, one of the most ill-conceived, like, subplots subplots in a, not just a musical, but a movie I've maybe ever seen. Yeah. They just look at each other for 20 minutes. That's how romance was in the 1800s, baby. (laughs) No, it was in the 1800s. They just look at each other and they just start fucking. They all stink. They have no toothpaste. And they just fuck. That's what happened in the 1800s. Best believe it. Um, it's it's so bad, and I just I dislike the the snowball effect movies, uh, especially if it's supposed to be rooted in reality or it's supposed to be based off of a true story. In that, 
I can't. I can only suspend my disbelief so much. So let me like quickly go through. So like he's called a fraud, but the freaks are real. Okay, right, we've already discussed that. And then so like they do like one show, and you have no idea what passage of time has happened. So now we can afford this big house that they've always wanted. Mind you, he's already committed bank fraud, uh, which I'm sure you didn't go, go right over right away because those were not his boats to claim collateral on. But I digress. Uh, so then Zac Efron's yeah, but character. what bank do you know that does a cash out marine loan? It was 18. It's probably Wells Fargo. Was like around back yeah, then. probably Wells Fargo. Uh, they don't do cash out auto anymore. They don't do anything anymore. <laughs> uh, so Zac Efron joins as like a, a partner and like a, like a creative producer, Junior right? partner, basically. So he joins. You see him do nothing. And then two minutes later, they're meeting the Queen of England. <laughs> like, that's what, what like at doing. least show, at least give me a fucking montage of. Let's watch a deleted scene. Let's just give me a montage of, here's his impact. Here we go. And I also, well, the thing I was going to say earlier about like the times changing, is like, oh, I guess they really haven't because how relevant it is that we're watching this uh, like this week and uh, it's the inclusivity of the royal family uh, being put on blast because Zendaya and her brother were not like like allowed to like be involved or like not allowed to hold hands or, or do whatever. And I was like, Meghan Markle, that's how I know she's true. Greatest showman saying it too. Uh, and then it's just, everything is so ham-fisted. Like, the in-laws showing up after... Oh, that? I didn't like, like that. So, like, the in-laws showing up, and, like, the whole subplot of, like, I've, you know, his dad being a tailor and never been good enough, you know, they're okay now that they brought this amazing opera singer in. And then, uh, Zendaya and Zach are holding hands and somebody noticing, and he lets go of her hand, like... Oh my god, there's no subtlety and nuance. This was a musical that was made for lowest common denominator dumb people because they didn't think that people could watch it and understand what saying like there's a way to do that without battering people over the head with what you're trying to get across. Yeah, man, fuck you. I'm not I wasn't saying it directly to you. You were looking at me. Well, because it's a conversation. <laughs> it's how a conversation works. Um, and then they finally start talking, and of course they finally start talking, they go to see one show, and who do they walk by? Oh, Zac Efron's parents now! Oh, they're so disappointed! Uh, and then the wife has a song, and that's a big old skip. Um, I was like, oh, Michelle Williams, no. There's so many people in this movie, I was like, no, don't be in this pile of crap. Oh, man. Michelle Williams, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, did you recognize who the Queen of England was? I sure did. Sheila the She-Wolf from Glow. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, come on. Um, and then, of course, like, everything happens at once, and you, right? You, like, you know who Jenny was, right? Well, yeah, that's my, my girl, Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> Put Rebecca Ferguson in all of your things. She's, She's so good. She's so good in this. No one plays a bitch better than Rebecca Ferguson. One of the worst lip syncers I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Oh yeah, that was terrible. That was so bad. The lip syncing, I was, I literally had to be like, okay, so that's probably not her singing voice, but she should be able. So I immediately googled. It. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but she can sing. I don't know why they didn't just have but, her sing. <laughs> 
Sorry, what I'll, was that? I don't know. I can never forget that noise ever again. I'll forgive that because she's supposed to be like the world's greatest singer. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure, but who did they pick? Some other broad. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Some other broad. Um... But yeah, like, but, but so, that wasn't the best. So then everything has singing. to get dumped on at the same time. Like, oh, so the barn burns down. Or the barn, the fucking, the theater burns down. And of course, that's the same day that the newspaper comes out where they kiss, which that never happened in real life. And then he has to sing this recovery song, which the recovery, there also was a stretch near the end where all the songs were starting to get bad. Like, once you get through This Is Me, you have, uh, the Zach Friends and Dia song's okay. But then you have, I like then you have the um, like the recover. You have the, the the wife song. Then you have the recovery song, which Hugh Jackman sounds like Meatloaf doing bluegrass. Lame <laughs> is, and then all all the other like sideshows are there. Like, hey, you've treated us like shit, but we're still family. It's just so tropey. That it's really tropey. It's so tropey, and I just can't deal with trope on trope on trope. Especially if you're an original. If you're an original, you should have some carte blanche to like be able to like. Fuck it. You have nothing else to go based off of. Swing for the fences. You all your songs sound pretty distinct and different. You got an amazing backdrop. Like fucking go for it. But no, they just went the lazy route with the fucking way that the story was told, and it really really bothered me. And that's ultimately why I just, I was counting down it being over because I knew exactly where everything was going the whole fucking time. Mm. Um, the, the, I, there were a couple things in there that I did like. Um, I thought the ending was pretty well done. Kind of like the greatest show reprise and him passing it off to Zac Efron. Yeah. And then like the quiet singing of... You know, I'm just a sucker for dad shit now is really all that it is. Yeah, really. Um, him watching his daughter's dance recital and taking more time for the family, you know, and, and singing the same song about that. Like why, that. Why are you tearing up, man? I'm not tearing up. You got tears in your ass, bro. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, that got to me a little bit. Uh, so, like, that was good. And a couple of other performances in, in throughout were, were fine. Um... Also, like any movie that any movie that can advertise, I'm getting a brawl, and I get two brawls. Weren't there three brawls? Ooh, well, hold on, let's figure this out. So, uh, on Blu-ray and DVD now, it always shows you like the the MPAA rating ahead of time, and the MPA rating now always includes why like, why, and this one's like thematic elements, including a brawl, and me being a smartest, I'm like ooh a brawl. So I want to say like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. There's like some fisticuffs. Who was it even between? Was it? Ju- it was just like. It was. It was. It was just like like the the, the pe- protesters. Uh, yeah. Uh. Y- yes. Was it? Yeah. That early because it's the same thing later. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, here's the brawl. That was quick. And then later, uh, how the 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 theater burns down is the protesters really get out of hand and they they basically, you know, commit arson and, and burn it down in this brawl. And I was like, two brawls? You gotta be kidding me. You told me a brawl. You should have put brawling if it was gonna be happening, which is my... Uh, my... Brawling? <laughs> Fuck you! That was the joke <laughs> I was gonna make! So that was, if, if Clips was around in the 1800s, their, like, pugilistic fisticuff song, brawling, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I didn't know all that. I just needed to say brawling. Yeah. 
Because uh, you keep playing that song every time you get in the fucking car. Grandin's a great song. Uh, I'm tempted now to play it, but I, I have to probably play the two songs everyone knows. So you, you've agreed with me a lot on things that were bad. Okay, sure, yeah, no. But it's a great movie, I'm sorry. It's sentimental to me, so... That, that I can forget. I, I'm really sad that there is no more circus. I'm going to start crying, oh my god. I have some really great memories of going to circus when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I went uh, with my uh, Auntie Janice, my Uncle Al. When I was little, they took me to P.T. Barnum Circus and got to walk on like a tightrope. It wasn't obviously like up in the air. It was like sure. low to the ground. Yeah, I got to do that. Off. No, I didn't. Um, got to pet an elephant and like, you know, see all, mm-hmm. all the things. And I... I I think I still have it in the garage. The a program? beautiful program from there. You've seen it's like a big. So it's funny you mention that because program. I don't. I think my, my wires on my photographic memory are getting crossed. I vaguely remember going to a PT Barnum circus when I was like three or four. No, I was I was a little older. I I I, I don't remember going any later, but I also remember having like that kind of program. Um, yeah. There's still circuses, I think. They're fewer wow. and far between the because... circus, though. Yeah, P.T. Barnum you closed know, down, I think, that... like, three or four years ago. Right around the time this movie yeah, came out. Yeah, uh, this movie came out in May, and they closed in, like... No, this movie came out in the, in the Christmas November, season. they yeah. closed in May, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what a timing. Um, but, I mean, I just loved going when I was little, and still, like, going to any kind of theatrical show showmanship kind of thing we went when we went to las vegas we went and saw absent mm-hmm. very similar vibe when you have that yeah but like a, like nc-17 vibe. sure yes not don't take your kids but um you know but when you have that ringleader like like it's true like they created that showmanship they created that mm-hmm. show business and and i just think of what an impact it's had on a lot of different things another, another in thing, our society. Something that they didn't tackle on, or maybe it did and I just am forgetting it. Did it tackle on at any point like how vital and important that was to everything? Because I do think that the movie focused more so on the attractions and the sideshow part of it. But really, at a certain point, like the ringmaster, like the ringleader, kind of mm-hmm. became yeah. like the star in the center and, like, part of the reason why you went. Well, that... And P.T. Yeah. Barnum, like, like Hugh Jackman shows, like, yeah, Zac how Efron, vital it is. Uh, there was a conversation between Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman. And Zac was. Efron says, you know, they're here for you. Yeah. When he's going on tour. They're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, You're right. They come for you. Yeah. Because, I mean, and that, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, that's... Which was the only that thing I kind vibe. of so at the same point I was like okay well at least it's not focusing on the exploitation of these you know, these poor quote unquote freaks but then also it's then again belittling them and like oh they're not here for you people they're here for this normal white guy you know that that just me getting too in in yeah, to the no, weeds on it I, I just had to say that and point that out sure um, but. I mean... Everything that wasn't Hugh Jackman just singing and dancing and being cool and everything that was those two or three, like, other stories, I could not be well, fucking bothered with. I just... I, re- I I like the flow. I like the music. like the visuals. 
I like the ending, the the tent. Sure. The show must go on. Mm-hmm. Um, could have done without the ridiculousness of the last scene of him riding in on an elephant. See, I, th- I think like that was actually based in reality, though, from what I can gather. And if it's not, that's just a dope flex. Like, if I had an elephant at my disposal, yeah, I'm showing up to Jillian's dance recital on an elephant. Why the fuck not? Where the fuck would you You know what I started? I had to start flyering. You know how shitty flyering is? I had to flyer in college for all of our sketch shows. I remember. All the time. That shit sucks. I was there. Imagine doing it in the 1800s where everyone's got like tuberculosis and just miserable. Because no one's got like fucking air conditioning. Fuck that. Um, Well, we already named Hugh Jackman the MVP. So let's discuss everybody else and kind of where they fall. Um, who I don't believe is LVP, but who is not MVP. Michelle Williams is fine. She, she's never gonna. She's never gonna strike out. I feel like she was solid. Uh, I had to check two or three times throughout the movie uh, to make sure that I was allowed to put Zendaya on my list. And I can put Zendaya on my list. Yeah, I'm aware you can. Uh, well, I, it was touch and go. I wasn't sure. I was like, she's probably like 21, right? And she was 21, so we're good. Um, you used to I watch mean, her on the Disney Channel. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> no, I didn't. You did. Uh, yeah, but yeah. we're the same age. She's... Oh. So if I did, you could have. There's so many horribly underutilized people in this movie. She is definitely one of definitely them. Definitely one of them. Yael Bilmatine is another one. Uh, yeah, I like the dynamic of those characters, and I just feel like they weren't fleshed they, they out didn't, Like, you honestly, half the time, I was like, they're brother and sister? They're not, like, lovers? Also, what was... They were just trapeze artists. What was their deformity? She liked to put a fucking wig on? No, so so the whole thing was because they were black. Oh, I know that. Ah, but so, that, so it, it, it wasn't that they were freaks. Like, they were talented. Yeah. But because they were black, you know, people wouldn't let them perform because it was the 1800s. Right. Excuse me, Augie just finished working out. Hope you had fun playing hockey. You <laughs> douchebag. Um, who's your LVP of the movie? Let's just let's just go there. I have a couple. I'm trying to find it. Hang on. I will probably settle on this on the one, but I would really like to position somebody else's one. One moment, please. Uh, Paul Sparks. Yes, Paul Sparks. It's definitely Paul Sparks. <laughs> I don't know why. Who else? I think everybody else did the best that they could do. Now look. Given what they have. So Paul Sparks Paul plays Sparks, Be- uh, Mr. Bennett, who is the... the I hated that The newspaper scene. reporter who keeps... Newspaper right, critic. Who keeps writing who that fucking writing Ratatouille motherfucker. And it is like openly Anton. feuding with Barnum. And I get that he's supposed to be a wet noodle because he's... Yeah, you're man, supposed but... to sympathize with Barnum because he's doing all these charismatic showmanship things and this guy is just a stick in the mud, right? Um, and I did like their interact, their last interaction when... I hated that last interaction. Wow. So, so, so... At, I... the, at the fire when he brings him, like, the cup of tea or whatever? Yeah. Oh, so, I hated that. So I, so I liked the scene in terms of, like, if you're going to do any tropes, like, that scene, I feel like, is in a lot of these movies. Like, think of all the movies where, like, a character has to go to school, and the teachers have been hard on them the whole time. Like, when his back's against the wall, that teacher, like, props them up, right? Like, that's kind of that scene that, you know, this person's not all bad. They're just testing this person to be better because they know they have potential, blah, blah, blah. Like, the concept and the structure of the scene I'm fine with. 
he just was void of any charisma or any sort of talent in acting whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time he got in the scene, I was like, there's like... There's just nothing. Uh, there's nothing there. He got Zac Efron on the hook in my, in my book. I thought Zac Efron was horribly miscasted in this. And that's because that's shocking because he comes from a musical theater background. Granted, I've never seen a high school musical suck. I've seen Not the, yet, baby. I, I can't wait to do them on this show. We don't own them, so go fuck yourself. Oh, we will. Uh, uh, I've seen Steve Real pretend to be Zac Efron more than I've seen Zac Efron be Zac Efron in musicals. Uh, but he just doesn't... F- the acting, he didn't fit. Because we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Ma Rainey and One Night in Miami and putting the stage on screen, right? Like, there can be some disconnect and some difficulties. And he 100% to me looked like that. And that, like, I'm in a musical, which is a play, so I gotta act as if, like, there's an audience sitting watching me. And just, and when he did, like, a back and forth with Jackman, the difference was stark. Was totally out there. Him singing and dancing, yeah, he's gonna be fine in that. But it still felt so, like, produced. And I think that's also one of the things that hurt the overall enjoyment of the movies like he's the he's number two in this like he's gotta be right there and he wasn't holding his weight which is funny because he's a little pudgy in this um so so that coupled with the fact that oh the, i'm sorry did you was that pause so i would laugh no <laughs> no i was expecting you to join the conversation uh, are you just doing your zendaya impression and just not talking to me because that was all they fucking did and it bothered the shit out of me. I think Zac Efron was fine, and maybe because, like, I've seen him progress he through was, the years. You probably right? have more of a From familiarity to musical, him. one, two, three, Hairspray, 17 again, they like, Neighbors. I follow See, yeah, Zac Efron's career. He was an MVP for he's, Neighbors 2. He's, he's almost MVP really for Hairspray. Good. He's really talented. He's really good. And so I was like, okay, he's going to knock this out the park. And I'm watching him just like, I'm not sure if the movie dragged him down I, or if he just didn't get up for the movie. Like when, like the final scene when like he's becoming the 50-50 partner with Barnum, the material, like the lines are just so fucking high school screenplay class worthy. Yeah, I think he but did like, a good job delivering. No, I, I don't. I do. I, could, I, I was watch every time I was watching him, I wasn't sure. I'm like, is the material what the problem is here? Or is he just delivering the material poorly? And I think it was both. And they just, to me, just butted heads and just didn't work for me. Okay. That said, it's still Paul Sparks. <laughs> 100%. I, after the first scene, I was like, oh, that guy sucked. And he was like, in three more scenes, I'm like, oh my God, why is right. this guy still in the movie? Right. You're not having Yaya Abdul-Mateen's penis talk? But you, <laughs> like, he's got more talent than Paul Sparks. He's taller, too. Yeah, that guy was, that guy fucking blue. <laughs> he was so bad. And that's that's a really easy part to nail, too. Like, you can chew up some scenery, you can be really snide, but then you can come in for, like, the nice guy moment, and he right. just didn't fucking yeah. get it. Uh, yeah, Jackman, of course, MVP, can do no wrong. Uh, did we miss anybody, like, really important? We talked about Rebecca Ferguson being great always. Yes. Zendaya, underused, attractive. Um, there's really nobody else. Well, no, there is. There's, um... 
I, I like the bearded lady. Yeah. She she's really good. Kate Keila Settle. She's great. Again, would like to see her do Fantastic. more. Like a lot like a lot of a lot of them would have been nice to then us to be background characters, you know. I don't know. No, I know this. Yeah, but I, I think she did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, she was snarky. She she had, I think, the most in terms. She's of... She's the only one that did. Like I'm looking at the box here, you got this tattoo guy. You got the the fat guy. You got the dog boy. Yeah, they all they all were there. They were there, but nobody got anything to do. Right, but I think that the things that they did have to do, I think that they handled it well. Sure, sure, they handled them well. She knocked out the park. I mean, this is me, just mind-blowing. That was great. I loved how they set it up, and I think it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. A lot of the early songs, I was like, yeah, I'm for this. Just, can we just make this like Les Mis or Hamilton and just be nothing but music, 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 song, song, songs? But no, there were some there were some big stretches where you didn't have stuff. There's only forty minutes of music in this. Yeah, it felt like it. That yeah. sucks because that means there was another hour of of Zach Efron and Zendaya playing a staring game, and and Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson's will they won't they no they're not going to but then it still kind of happens so then you have to deal with the fallout of that horror shit stuff like and every family hates everybody it's just. Well, I mean, God, how many fucking hurdles you have to put up? I mean, but a lot of it is true to life. I mean, yeah, whatever. What? You tell me those things don't happen. Of course they happen. Of course they happen, okay. and they've been happening since the mid eighteen hundreds. Obviously, sure. it doesn't mean that they have to introduce them in such an blatant, obvious way. That's unrealistic. Okay. And you can also do it just better. Just the screenplay and also the directing, to me, just not not a lot of good notes about some of the choices that were being made and not a lot of artistic liberty that was taken by much more talented people against what was written. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather, I would rather just close my eyes and listen to the songs or put my ears on for the scenes and just look at how great the movie looks. Then I actually okay. have to worry about the story and that sucks. I'm a musical theater guy, but this, and this is of course going to be put on Broadway now and it's going to be playing forever and ever and ever. Um, which is cool. Just maybe in a two hour and 45 minute. And, uh, <laughs> I don't see how you could add an hour to this. I honestly don't see how you could. Yeah. Unless, unless you dive into the characters. I was saying, unless you flesh out some of the some of the, the other characters and stuff. Yeah, like act one, the bearded lady. Yeah. Act two, the trapeze. Oh, you're not going to... No, then you're just like, making cats, but with freaks. <laughs> I'm the bearded the lady. lady. Oh. I don't know why I talk like an Irish man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the naming of freaks is a curious thing. <laughs> I'll have to share with you after this. Uh, shout yeah, out to whoever so. was on Twitter uh, that did if uh, AEW wrestlers were uh, jellicles. Oh, God. They fucking nailed it. Oh, they did it so fucking good. I can't wait. It was so good. I'll, I'll share it with you afterwards. Uh, final question before we give the score and get out of here Who's next for making their life a musical? Who would you like to see the, uh, the next original musical about? Taylor Swift. 
that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's a really big cast of dudes. Just That's going to be like cats, but it's like one guy actually gets to just to stay with her for like a month. No, like historical. Somebody, somebody from the past, like. Dare you? Just saying. Historical. She made history. She made history with her Grammy win. Only women's have won three best albums at the Grammys. Oh, oh! You could shut the fuck up. Don't talk about things you don't know anything about. Get that pen away from my toe right now, before I kick you in the face. Oh, you mean like non-pop culture-y? Just somebody, like somebody that's dead. Oh. Music about their life? Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I do that, I think that'd be cool. Just have Kate Kate McKinnon and just just do it. Make it like a hip-hop rock. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I think that would be cool. That's a good one. I think Um, that'd be cool. Let's go with... Hmm. Let me think. I almost picked two people that were alive. Uh, <laughs> I could do like a, like a Muhammad Ali musical. That'd be cool. Go for that. That'd be cool. The only one I had because um, he is dead. This is me, but I already got one. Hey, what's going on, guys? The Beetlejuice here. I don't know why I'm doing this like a radio show, but uh, I'm here, and there's a musical with me, and it's fine. Uh. Uh, that other guy that sits here on the couch. Yeah, what are you fucking... I'm right here, you asshole. Yeah, get out of the way. Is, uh... He bought it, and he listened to it, and it's it's whatever. But I like it. I'm a fan. So, do another musical about me. About my, me and the, the college years. Or Hawaiian. They almost made a Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian movie. I was all for it. I wanted to go to Hawaii. Eat some mahi-mahi. What's mahi-mahi? Fish. Good fish. Ah. Uh. Fish so good, they named it twice. Hey, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, name me twice. One more time. I Beetlejuice. Oh, oh. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to clean myself up. Or I don't. Ew. It's matted you. in sperm now. I hate you so much. Anything else? Absolutely not. Score time. I'm going to let you score it first. I, I, I'm between two numbers. I, I think I'm settled on my number, but go ahead. Look, I just think that the music was, was great. The visuals were great. I mean, we said everything we said. It wasn't a perfect movie, but it, it has a lot of sentiment. It's got a lot of... It, I just have a lot of love for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I really liked it. I'm so glad I timed that so well. I hope you choke. I legitimately almost spit all over my fucking notebook. Uh, a lot of sentiment. All of it felt false to me. Well, you're uh, just an idiot. Just a very sugary sweet to a to a nth degree fault with some great music, some great singing, some great production design. But and a couple killer performances, especially from Hugh Jackman. But the rest of it just doesn't doesn't float my boat. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four and a half. What? Yeah, four and a half. You're insane. I'm not insane. That's what I felt. I think this is a below average movie. Average is five. 
I'm not going to go much further down because it had three or four great songs and a great performance that's going to bring it up. But if it wasn't for those things, this would be bottom of the... I could not wait for this to be over. Wow. Because specifically the last, like, 25, 30 minutes before the last, like, five minutes are really rough. Okay. So, a six and a half for The Greatest Showman. Definitely going to be our biggest discrepancy. Eh, not necessarily. It's March, baby. We got a long way to go. <laughs> Last year, the biggest discrepancy was six points between a nine and a three. So, we've, we've had bigger. Uh, I'm just waiting for the day when, like, one of us just fucking hates it and the other one loves it. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's coming, I'm sure. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Married with Movies. Uh, next week, uh, we're done with kind of our... our all of our oddball stuff are going to set in, settle into a regular rotation of our randomly uh, selected movie, our nominated movie, and our wrap-it-up series, which is almost wrapped up. So next week's episode, our random movie, Jeff Who Lives at Home, then followed up with our nominated movie with Hereditary, and then our wrap-it-up movie, X-Men Dark Phoenix, and then we'll kind of go back and forth with those for a few uh, weeks and months until we start doing some other things once the wrap-it-up series is done. Got a lot of big stuff planned for 2021 here for Married with Movies, so make sure you are staying tuned for it. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Please rate, review, and subscribe. Patreon.com slash Audio for bonus content. There is a Married with Movies exclusive available now on Patreon. Oh, boy. If you uh, listen to the last one, which was our spelling bee, it is the payoff. It is a video of Samantha and I, along with Tope. Tope from RJ Hates Rap, Taking a dab of the bomb hot sauce. It's about uh, seven or eight minutes, and it is well worth the wait. So make sure you're paying your $5 a month to see that and all the other bonus content over there. Facebook.com slash Married With Movies at Mary W Movies on Twitter. Married With Movies at gmail.com. Our Instagram, Samantha at Jam With Your Sam. Thank you. You're welcome at your host, Malt38, for my show, Boxing Friends where I show off the things that I've been purchasing in the collections of things that I collect. Arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary, which is about to uh, enter the year 1993. Very, very excited for that. And if you are a Podswoggle fan, of course, it's WrestleMania season, so be on the lookout for our WrestleMania Pick'em show, among other fun things. Samantha, whose eyes have been closed for the past five minutes, anything else? Uh, seven, uh, I was like 17 minutes, but that was seconds. I took off my glasses, so I can't really see uh, from here. Nope. From Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. What's wrong with you? You don't want to know. Oh, okay. I don't feel like getting up and getting a mirror and putting it in your face. Oh. That's cool. Yep. There's one right over there on the edge of the table. Fuck you. I'm gonna send a bird, gonna drown a mile. This is brave, this is bruised, this is who I'm meant to be, this is me.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.